Hello, welcome back to the Spilling the Tea podcast, or perhaps welcome for the first time. Uh, I'm your plucky host, Gabe, and uh, your your pluckier host. There are a couple plucked chickens here. Plucky, plucky. Tina. <laughs> Tina Paul. Um, Gabe's mom. Yeah, uh, she's my mom, and she is the. Uh, main topic of the podcast. Um, also, tea um, is is another main po- topic of the podcast. But the main reason for this is um, to have a verbal record of as much of Tina's life as possible um, for both all you lovely folks listening now and future generations to come. It's it's like a. a <laughs> Whatever extended family may happen in the future, or nieces and nephews yeah. that are here now. You know, I have great nieces and nephews and great, great, and all of that. Yeah. So, you never know. Who's anyone who listen. wants to look at a family, <laughs> get to know a family tree instead of just looking at the limbs. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole. We're we're doing a whole picture. Um, this week, we every week we do also drink. Some tea. We sit down with tea and and do a little review and sip it throughout. Um, so this week we're having uh, Formosa Oolong from the English Tea Store. From the English again. Tea Store. <laughs> and I, this, there's no special theme to it. Sometimes we do a the, whatever topic we're going to discuss. We do a tea. Yeah, sometimes it relates in some this way. Is, like, this is not. It's smooth, slightly sweet with a touch of dryness. Oh, that sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> smooth, <laughs> slightly sweet with a touch of dryness. <laughs> I.e. bitchiness. <laughs> the, my dry sense of humor. All. It's a, it's a wit. It's a wit about you. Um, now, what I didn't know. All right, this is oolong is semi-fermented. Okay. Whereas a green tea is unfermented. Sure. And a black tea is fully fermented. Oh, it is. So what they do is they allow these tea leaves to ferment only until the outside of the leaves start to turn brown. Then they fire it. They fire it. Which stops um, the fermenting process. Sure. It kills all the bacteria, Um, I'm guessing. Well... Yeah, so that's that's. I'm having mine with sweetener and milk. Mm. I'm having mine with just sweetener, and it's it is very delicious. That is that is very nice. smooth. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, so yeah, what are we talking about this week? Well, I didn't know, and then and then this morning I was thinking, um, maybe to go back up, to back up, and do. My aunts and uncles growing up. Sure. Um, Fill in more of the family tree. Yeah, more of the family. And the growing up situation and all that. This would be on my father's side because my mother was an only child. You know, we had the Irish cousins. Sure. And her aunts and uncles. But um, I didn't have any... Yeah, she was an only child. Yeah. So there was that. Um, So... They were, um, Lithuanian, um, my father had, let's see, I have to count in my head, 
Um, the oldest was Charlie, Uncle Charlie. Then I made this may be the wrong order, but there's Charlie, Frankie, Petey, which is Catherine is her name, but we called her Petey because my grandmother's name was Petronella, and somehow I always thought we always thought that. Aunt Petey's name, Catherine, was really Petronella. Oh. I don't know. So we <laughs> but called it became Petey. Um, <laughs> my Aunt Tessie, who was the youngest, it was my father, then my Aunt Tessie. Tessie I met, right? Or was that... She was also my godmother. Oh, God, who would you have met? I met one of... I think so. I think I met Tessie in the nursing home before before she passed. Um, that could be, as my God, yeah, it must be, it must be. Before, before grandpa. It has to be, Tessie, because, because everyone else had died. Some of the spouses had not died when you were born. (laughs) You hungry? Wasn't that you? Oh, that was me? My tummy? I don't know whose tummy that was. (laughs) I am hungry. Um, Well, we'll eat after. Yeah, we're going to make it through Um, this. (laughs) Anyway. Probably it was Aunt Tessie. Um, anyway, she, okay. I, I know yeah. she liked her hooch. That was Aunt Petey. That was Petey. Okay, so it was Petey that I met. Oh, my God. I I don't know. I I would have to look at the dates of when they died. Yeah. Um, I really, right now, <laughs> I don't remember. So it would <laughs> I, take me ten minutes I threw to one at figure you. it out. Um, <laughs> so... Um, the, the nice thing with growing up is that we were, all of the relatives lived within probably like a 10, 12 mile radius. Everybody lived in Worcester or just outside of Worcester. That's nice. So we spent a lot of time together. Um, now, my the only one who had children was Aunt Tessie... And her husband, Armand. 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 Armand Favre. So her last name was Favre. He, um, he was descendant from French Canadians. Sure. Um, and, and the children they had were very close in age to us. Cool. For example, my cousin Donnie, the oldest, was a year older than my brother Bobby. Sure. Um, then there was Kenny who was more John's age. Junior, Armand Junior, was more David's age. Um, and then their daughter, Patty, was... Maureen and I are two years apart, and so and she was right in the middle. Oh, perfect. So, you know, it, we spent a lot of time together. We actually would... Every weekend... We would be spending over each other's houses or going, really getting together family-wise a lot. Holidays, of course, all the time. And um, then during the week, it would be visiting my grandmother. (laughs) Or Maureen and I spending the night with my grandmother and grandfather, the Lithuanians. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Well, you know what would happen is, I mean, they had, like, the... The washing machine with the roller and the that board that just scrubs. Sure, things like on. an actual washboard. Yeah, um, 
and Before they, it was just an instrument. We talked the first time. They didn't have much money. However, my grandmother was, I think I mentioned she was a really good businesswoman. And what she did is she started buying triple-decker houses, which are very New England, very Worcester. Yeah. So it's like three apartments. Yeah. You know, each each apartment has one floor. Right. She started buying the triple-deckers, and... Um, it's like my father, when they, I think when they just had, my father and mother, when they just had Bobby, you know, one kid, they lived on the bottom of one of the triple-deckers, and whatever family member lived in a triple-decker became like the so, superintendent, sure. you know, the handyman. Matter of fact, my, <laughs> father, my father told me one story of the guy who lived on the top floor was always complaining that he wanted a new toilet seat. And okay, that's an easy fix. Well, you know, they didn't, my father's cheap as dirt, you know, and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't want to spend any money. So when the guy was at work, he went upstairs to the apartment and he had black paint. And he painted the toilet seat black, <clears throat> thinking over the time the guy comes home, it'll be dry, he'll think it's a new seat, you know, this is all good. Yeah. The guy comes home from work early. <gasps> Goes up, and my father was like, "Uh oh, uh -oh. <laughs> please don't, please let him not have to go to the bathroom. At least don't need to sit." But well, uh, but of course it was. The guy goes up, and my father he is, "You son of a!" I mean, oh my god, boom, 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 <laughs> down the stairs, and the guy had like a black ring around his butt, <laughs> and. Anyway, spending the night over at my grandmother's, um, she also would, she had a, a cast iron skillet that she cooked everything in. Okay. And I know there's a thing where you shouldn't wash. Yeah, but you but wipe it out, you rinse it out, you don't... You would find at dinner time there would still be pieces of scrambled egg from the morning and stuff like that. See, that's you a know? little gross it to was, me. It was, it was gross. No, to eat it was gross. But I mean, for it to be sitting out all day and the bacteria to just get it. <laughs> not that I haven't like eaten a pizza after it sat out all night, but... Twice-cooked no, eggs. Mean, I don't think it ever got washed. I really, I, I really don't. You know, the pan. It was always like, what mystery morsel is going to be inside of whatever extra you're seasoning? Eating. Um, but the, I, we would have to get up at dawn. All right, this is about my grandmother, grandfather, not my aunts and uncles, but it shows what kind of household they grew up in. We'd have to get up. I mean, like pre-dawn, it would be dark. And because my grandfather was working at, um, my Aunt Tessie had gotten him a job, who was a nurse for factories, um, had gotten a job at a steel mill for my grandfather. And I know that after the, or during the Depression, we talked about the, you know, making the moonshine, but... My, maybe it was during World War II, when my aunt became a factory nurse, yeah. she got my grandfather a job cleaning toilets in the factory, literally cleaning toilets, but it's like, got to feed the family, yeah. you know? And then I think he got up more to a maintenance type job or whatever. So we'd wake up pre-dawn, and this is Maureen and I like, 
I'm four, five, six years old, so she would be two years older. Yeah. And they would give us a bowl of cereal. But the best thing is they would take a bowl and they would put some coffee in it. Ooh. Then fill the rest with milk and with sugar. And you'd, it was a bowl. You know, like a little soup bowl. So you'd pick it up in both hands to <laughs> drink it. And we didn't have coffee at home. You know, oh. we weren't allowed. Oh, that's so dumb. this, it was delicious. It was <laughs> like a latte or whatever. Um, but then what... <laughs> when, oh <my> <coughs> we were always, though, a little terrified of them. Okay. You know, they, I mean, they, would, they were they were scary. And they didn't speak English very well at all either, you know, so... It doesn't help it, it, for you, a kid. You wouldn't sit around the table having a big conversation. Yeah. But my grandmother loved to take us on walks. I mean, she was loving in her own way. Yeah. You know, I know she She really loved Maureen because Maureen was the firstborn, first, firstborn girl in the family. And, um, oh, I mean, she'd even, she was deaf. I think I've told you the story. She, I, we'd, I'd be standing right next to her, and she'd take out ten, like a ten dollar bill, and she'd go, she'd give it to Maureen. Shh, shh. here's ten dollars. Give Tina fifty cents. Wow, <laughs> seriously. And I'm right there to hear it. Right. Yeah. And I was like. Ah, you know, and Maureen would sometimes say, "Well, Nana said, oh, you get fifty cents. Give me some more." Well, you know, <laughs> but that's the type of thing. No, that's what and Nana I said. And again, because I was the last born of any of the children, any of the grandchildren. When she died, she oh my god! When she died, the other. Kids got like I don't know the mystery ring or whatever. Got got other things. You know what I got? What? Her old underwear. No. And nightgown. What? Now she what was at least two hundred. <laughs> she she was solid, but she was big. <laughs> and on this little teeny thing. What are you gonna do with that? Nightgown? Well. It, this happens in front of my brothers and sisters and stuff like that. That Tina gets these. Like was was this all like a lawyer there reading the power of attorney, reading? The I remember and... being in her house. I guess I think that Pete or someone was like the executor to yeah, divvy, executor, divvy the stuff, divvy the stuff up. And so what? This is what they did. Is I mean, and they were the big, you know, big cotton. You know, old lady underwear. <laughs> bloomers. They, they picked me up. Not bloomers. I mean, they they went brief. They were they okay. were you know they went down briefs with their old lady. Your thighs. Yeah. <laughs> they picked me up and put me in my entire body in one leg, <laughs> wrapped the other leg around like a like a mummy or a dress, and and safety pinned it. And everybody was, la I was mortified. <laughs> and it was like, this is my present. But it was the biggest joke. I, I had to be in front of everyone and everyone's laughing at me and laughing at me. And then, you know, they took like the nightgown again for big, this is like, you know, extra, extra large. Uh, like a moo-moo. 
and you know they put that on and so I, I was I couldn't walk well because my legs were in this one leg of the underwear with the other one okay so and oh that's very funny <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry it was embarrassing in the moment of of having to experience no, but it it's but it's hilarious I mean thinking back you know I I still picture and the fact that I actually fit with room into one leg <laughs> of these underwear. So, but what my grandmother would do is she would, um, she's very old school, Lithuanian, and she would want to take us for walks. But the <laughs> what she would do to prepare us is she would take rags, strips of rags, Okay. And Maureen and I both had, you know, like shoulder shoulder length hair. And she would braid the rags into our hair. What? We're talking we're talking rags. rags. Like she would braid the rags into our hair. Then she'd take the ends of the braids with the rags and tie them, you know, so they were like tied up on top of our head with these raggy braids hanging down. And then, now we're little kids. Yeah, but... She would take kerchiefs and put them on, as, you know, you make a triangle, and she would put them on like a babushka, you know, where you put it on and you tie it under your chin. Yeah. But rather than having it back on, back, you know, like Audrey Hepburn right. in the 50s, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, or all of that... We would have to wear them pulled down like blinders on a horse. <laughs> and so, and this is the way we had to go for so a walk. Rags in hair and, so, and blinders. And blinders, you know, but this kerchief. So it's like, you know, we'd go walking. <laughs> we were so embarrassed. Yeah. But if we tried to move the kerchief back, she'd be yanking at it. You know, <clears throat> you can't see. You can't, it's like you can't show your face and, you know, little walk, walk, walk. <clears throat> and, of course, we're little kids, and we'd have to go to the bathroom, sure. you know. So we, oh my God. My aunt then, I think, worked as a nurse. It was St. Vincent's Hospital. I think she was in, anyway, there was, there was this big hospital, St. Vincent's in Worcester, and across the street was the convent okay. for the Catholic Hospital. So she, oh God, we had, our goal was always to get to the convent and she'd knock on the side door and they'd let us in to use the bathroom. Okay. The only thing is, and now we're talking the nuns, the nun, you know, with the wimples that yeah. are so tight, their, their faces <laughs> are all squished up, you know, the black, uh, you okay. know. I'm receiving a very funny image right now. She's putting her hands on her it's face so and squishing it all. To go to the bathroom. The habit. Sorry. Yes, that big, that habit with the, you know, the black and the... Yeah, and the, the black and, and white and the... Exactly. And... Red all over. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm something of a comedian. <laughs> the bathroom was just... A, a, a room with a toilet and a sink. It wasn't like stalls. You yeah. Know? And we'd have to go in one at a time and the nun would come with us. For why? 
to well, make sure yeah. I don't to make sure we're okay to make sure what to make sure we go you know, that, that you're not I, messing around the image I'll, you know again it was only one at a time so I'd I'd be alone sitting on the toilet and right next to your face is this black habit uh, with the you know the wooden bead rosary yeah, yeah. and the crucifix like you felt like, like God was saying <laughs> go to the bathroom time to go pee <laughs> Okay, but I get pee shy if the if the urinals are too close. If there's multiple people and like it's I'm too close in there, then I can get a little pee shy. So I just oh, be I was pee shy for years. After. <laughs> that was so tremendous because the nun, the nun, the nun would you know she's standing there. Jesus is looking at me yeah. you know, from on the cross. Oh why. <laughs> She knows not what she does. <laughs> and the nun would act, you know, I mean, it's like my bladder would shrunk to a, you know, it's like yeah. no, nothing's coming out, nothing's going to eat it. We're, we're locked up defense here. defense mode. <laughs> but the nun would, hurry up. I'm not here. <gasps> hurry up. Come on. I'm not hearing anything. Hurry up. Hurry up. And oh. it was, I, I couldn't, how do you fake it? So then I I go I don't think I have to go anymore, but of course I'm really busting. Right. And so then I'd get yelled at. You didn't go. You didn't go. Uh, you know. So then of course the walk home was always like, can we go a little faster? Because yeah. you know you'd want to get back to my grandmother's house and get to find. I don't go to the know bathroom. if Maureen had the had the problem or not, but honestly that was so traumatic. <laughs> I could. I was PCI, I swear to God, until I was like 20. Jeez. Where, if if it was stalls and other people were going, that's fine. Yeah, sure. If it was stalls and you're waiting to hear who, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be the, I couldn't be you the starter. lead the charge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I couldn't be the first one. And no matter how much I'd go, and you know it's to, I, to it, breathe, it was clear it was head, always like you relax, know relax but then push but then relax if if the if the uh, you you know I would sit there and <laughs> this is just little, <laughs> I'm twenty years old I'd sit there and, and it's like oh good someone's leaving and they're gonna wash their hands so the water's gonna go sure, on and then if there helpful. was a, an electric hand dryer oh, oh bingo bingo. <laughs> If the person left the stall and didn't wash their hands or like they're putting on makeup or uh, something, they're quiet their in nose. front of... <gasps> Crazy. I have to take a sip of tea. Well, I remember back in when I went to Disney World last, my, my dad and my brother were both actively making fun of me for being pee shy in the Disney World bathrooms. It was very good. Well, oh no, it was funny. It, oh, I wasn't okay, saying okay, like a bad okay, thing. That okay, was like a okay. that was a funny thing. There okay. were, especially because there were other people around and yeah, like well, anyway, for guys, I know I do wonder about space. that because for guys, you're really kind of out there. Yeah, but you, know. you can like lean in and, and hide things or not. I don't know. I suppose that's like the. Uh... No, never mind. I, I was going <laughs> to do a, a, a talk about Larry David on a curb your enthusiasm thing. He was designing a bathroom. The stalls were this this box that you put 
the penis through. I've actually seen urinals like that where it's it's just um, it comes out and it's a little hole, and you can just stick stick it in and (laughs) pee like that, and and that's supposed to be more sanitary somehow. Well, yes, there's no extra splashing. There's no extra splashing, but everyone's sticking their dick in the same hole. Oh, so it's not right. So the hole doesn't get clean. No. No, so that's not good. No, it's much worse. It is, it's yeah. Much, that's how you get herpes. Uh, but that's ew, last week's episode, ew. which I still need to put out. Um, okay, so so let's sorry. go back. Yeah. All right, so my aunts and uncles, we would we would I adored going over to my aunt Tessie and Amon's house, not only because they had kids, but she really loved me. I mm. I always I wanted to live there yeah. a lot instead of at instead of at home. Well, that makes and sense. That's with true. I mean, that's the some truth. of the stuff that was happening. That makes... um, I just they felt there was a warmth between. No, 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 no don't get me wrong. Tessie and Armand could be tough. Sure. But there was a warmth of you saw the. The love, and they they didn't have much money, but it was kind of a household where, from my perspective as a child, money didn't matter. Where we had more money, theirs was, I don't know. I I really, I really loved them. I really, really loved them. That's nice and and rare. I think that um, it's pretty important to be able to find happiness outside of the outside of monetary things, yeah, I, I think it's real easy to get wrapped up in in the security that money and wealth can provide. Yeah, but security isn't the same as happiness. Yeah, like yeah, it, safety is is. You're. It's almost like when you don't have a lot of money, you're forced to gather your family around you and be more special, more thoughtful, even like with a a Christmas present or sure. something that it's. It's, it's not what can I go to the store and buy, but what do you need? What yeah. would you like truly? Yeah, yeah. How can, know. how can I nourish you at this time? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like, oh, this person has everything. How do I show? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big difference especially. So I, the other thing I loved about going is um, they had cats. <laughs> and I, I, I loved cats growing up but I wasn't allowed to have a pet um before I was born yeah no pet at all they no they always talked about there was a cocker spaniel that's even in a family photograph that we had (laughs) I mean that they had he was always around this cocker spaniel spaniel named Teddy that my father adored Bobby David um and John I don't think Maureen was born yet. Oh, she was a teeny baby. Yeah, yeah. But right before Teddy died, before I was born, soon before I was born, well, soon a year or two or whatever. But my father said never a pet again in the house. But yeah, but that takes it away from you and Maureen. Yeah. So I, I, I loved cats, and and they and. Tessie and I, I mean, there were the strays that were always climbing all over the place and everything, but it was, um, no, the only pet that I had, I had two. One. Turtle. No, no, no. I mean, as far as like dog cat. One, my, when I was about 
eight or nine. No, earlier. No, no, about eight or nine. My brother John won a puppy in a circus. Oh, wow. And he brought the puppy home. It was a terrier mix. Yeah, but like (laughs) to win a puppy, that's a... Well, back then, you know, you really would... It wouldn't be just the goldfish, you know, in, in the in the plastic bag, sure. which he would they, we'd bring home. Which too. even even nowadays it wouldn't be as. It was. This is a puppy. That's I a mean, full you, puppy. You, <laughs> oh, you won! Here's a twelve-year commitment. <laughs> so. Who knows what the temperament of this thing is going to be? He brought it. He brought it home, and you know, my parents were nope. We're not going to you know get it out of here. And I pleaded. I said, please, can we keep it? He'll be mine. I'll take care of him. And of course... As kids do. Back then, though, you didn't... You put your dogs out. Right. And they come home and, you know, they they they, they learn quickly, this is where the food is. Or they go and visit neighbors. There were no leashes sure. or anything like that. So huh. it wasn't about having to walk dogs. We never walked a dog. No neighbors, no nothing. We just let the dogs this out. This is all mind-blowing. Carnival dogs that just roam and... Well... He was a puppy. I had to get him to know of course. me I mean, you first, you know, before. Him. Yeah. So I called him Slugger. 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 And um, I did. I took care of him. And uh, I really, I loved him. And he was mine. But one day, we had one of those clotheslines that... I don't know what they're called. They look like a big square on top, and it has a lot of lines. Okay. Uh, instead I, of just one long thing, it was... These These were clo- close lines. Okay, the, you know the way that you put up an umbrella? Yeah. Picture the um, an umbrella that's in the ground, but it pops open into a big square, like five by five. I'm imagining it. I'm not up on clotheslines, but... And then on but... each, from each, each side would have six or seven clotheslines connected to the spines. So you could hang a lot of clothes. Cool. Yes. And my mother had clothes hanging out on the line. Now I was outside with Slugger, and... Oh, no. Slugger went to play with the clothes on the line, so he tore some of them down. Oh, oh, that's what. And, and so the clothes got dirty, and I got yelled at. But so what happened is, um, oh, it's not your. I know, uh, but a few days, you know, it's kind of like that would be the funny. Uh, that would that's the funny Norman Rockwell right. painting. In my house, that was not funny. Yeah, yeah, of like the ho 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 the um, dog and. So what happened is, like, the next day, um, they drove me to visit with my Aunt Petey and Uncle George, who had dogs. They had, they had, they always had a dog, and the dog was always named Tippy. Tippy. <laughs> Not even, like, Tippy 1, Tippy 2, Tippy 3, you know. <laughs> Every dog. And they all were kind of... Ugly brown mutts. You know, <laughs> they were always too chubby because they would feed them scraps off the table. But it's like sometimes you'd go, you'd visit and go, 
is that a new tippy or an old tippy? Did the other tippy die? You know, yeah. but you, you never had to worry about remembering the dog's name because it's like, it's tippy. It's tippy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they brought me over to just have a visit with P.T. and George and they picked me up. I remember it was about five o'clock. It must have been winter time because it was dark. No, it couldn't have been winter. I don't know, but they picked oh. me up, and um, they said, well, we have something to tell you. There's a farm that really wanted a dog, and so we brought Slugger to the farm. Oh, yeah. Devastated. Yeah. Now, this is the scary thing, though, is that my, my father had no qualms Uh Killing animals that were unwanted either by drowning Oof. or putting in a bag, like a plastic bag, turning on the car and holding the bag up to the exhaust pipe so that they would be asphyxiated. Oh, my Jesus. I remember watching this. As a matter of fact, Maureen... Maureen... Oh, my... Wow. Maureen wanted to write a book or a story, you know, about our lives, and she wanted to call it Drowning the Rats because my father would lure, somehow, lure the, any rats or whatever into a barrel and drown them, instead of just killing them. I remember, I, I do remember, now I'm, I'm, I don't know where they came from, but there was like a litter of puppies that, oh I don't God. know whether a neighbor had puppies or a friend of his, and they didn't want the puppies I know they weren't our puppies because we didn't have a dog. But I remember vividly, now I'm picturing it. Yeah. My father putting the puppies in, ooh, I'm, I'm getting upset. Oh, this is. Um, put, putting the puppies into a burlap sack and, you know, it was yelps yeah. and everything. And then he put rocks into the sack and he brought it to the uh, pond and threw the bag in. Oh my God! Um, when I'll give you another example. When um, oh, it's really all right. No, this Ooh. is. Um, when oh my my, I can't remember if it was David or Maureen, did a uh, science experiment. We always had to do a science experiment for the science fair. Yeah. And uh, this one was um, making colored chickens that you would. We had an incubator. My mother got an incubator, and we'd have the eggs, and you'd have to rotate them, you know. And um, but you would you would take a hypodermic needle, and you would inject in into the shell the blues, and you know, blue or pink or red yeah. or, or whatever. And then the you know, oh, it was so great. Well, you know, neat. they would hatch, and they would be all these beautiful different colors. Oh, that's so fun. And this was down, we had them down in the boiler room, uh, down in the basement. Um, and, but of course, what happens is the birds start to grow up. Right. And as they're growing up, they start to lose their baby feathers. So, I mean, these are some pretty ugly, right. pretty, pretty ugly <laughs> little chickens. You know, they were still small, but... Yeah, a naked, but, a naked animal is kind of gross. <laughs> um, 
for the we did it. We had a quite a few, and a few went to. Oh no! See, I'm oh, going to no. get upset again. I'll give you. I mean, some. Oh, this is bringing up memories I just hate. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You know, this, I, is... this is how I. What I told you that things like. You open a door and then all of a sudden all these other memories come. For each batch of chickens, there would be some that would be crippled or whatever. You know, like I remember one with a bad leg and and I said, you know, we'll fix him. He still can be a chicken, you know, Mm. even though he has a bad leg and... But uh, this is when I remember watching my father take the... Oh, I hate this. He would take... The crippled or the extra chickens, little babies, and and he put them in the plastic bag, turned on the car, and asphyxiated them in front. I mean, in front of us. So I don't know. I don't know the soul. You know me. I I have trouble killing a spider. I I was going to say. I wonder if that is related at all. That that. I mean, uh, you naturally love animals in general, but... I was always... I mean, I know I can be a bitch. <laughs> but I never... <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> but I never... When I was small, I never understood... Yeah. I never understood meanness or racism or whatever. Like, we didn't... I mean, this is in Worcester. and There was... The black section of town, and you know, of course, we weren't supposed to. Yeah, we weren't supposed to, you know, hang out with um, anyone, and because the you know different parts of town were rather segregated, cut off as cities are wont to do. You know, you put the railroad track there uh, so that it, r- there right. is a separation, or right? Whatever. Because that's how you build a strong community is by creating <sighs> divides between people. Anyway, I remember distinctly my mother, the bank that my mother went to in Worcester, we would have to go, you know, and there was an elevator going up to, from the parking lot, which was down below, you could get on an elevator to go up. And in the elevator, I was small, there was a little black child with his mom, little boy. And, you know, we smiled at each other, but I remember looking at him going, this is the most beautiful skin I've ever seen. Mm. You know, it, it, it and I, I, had been, I had heard the words, right. the N words and the this and the that, and, you know, I mean, all the, and I was like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, it just never, I've always been like, it doesn't go in my psyche. Why people of different colors are so baseless hate. Yes. Just yes. Anyway, so I was a kind. So I'll go back. Slugger, the little dog. I got blow my nose. Um, when they said they found a farm for him, you know, I was old and I'd seen enough, and yeah, that I wondering. I went. Did my father kill him? Is he in the pond? Uh, you know, which made it even worse because 
I would, I never got an answer. Because it, it was always, you know, oh, well, which farm? Oh, can we go see him? Can we visit, yeah. And, of course, there's no farm, you know. And I, here's the thing. I don't think that my father... I doubt it was euthanasia. I don't, I don't know how, but let me put it this way. I can't picture my father bringing the animal, bringing the dog to an animal shelter. Right, right. Just giving the dog away. I, 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 I think that was the demise of Slugger. But how he did it, I will never know. And my imagination probably is worse, you know, yeah. than drowning. I think drowning was probably the, the, the choice um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a part of me that goes, asphyxia, like, carbon monoxide is, is the silent killer, so it's... More humane? It, it's more humane <laughs> than so. stomping them, I guess, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I never saw him, like, hit a dog, you know, he would... Yeah. But it, it was like, the... It is the coldness, the callousness yeah. of not minding drowning yeah. a living thing and or, or whatever. Yeah, you know? this is what needs to be done. You want to hear a story about drowning? Sure. <laughs> this is the first dead body that I saw. Oh, woof. Like outside of a funeral or just... Yeah, outside. I had been to some Irish funerals. Now, see, I have to put this... I. I was probably 10-ish. So it could be that I'd already, like my grandfather, oh, they made me, why do they make little kids touch dead bodies? <laughs> what? No, I'm not, see, this just brings me back. On the Irish side, I never had to, like, touch the dead body, kiss it goodbye, anything oh, that like whole... that. For my grandmother and my grandfather, Lithuanian, I'm a little kid. I have to go up and that feel of wooden skin. Yeah. And you don't like, forget that. And the layers of makeup and the... You don't forget that. And no, so this is yeah. the first dead body. There was a little... There was a pond that was called Holland Rink. And it, it was a mud hole. Okay, so oh, I, I got to go back for two seconds. I'm now picturing a, a, a pond just full of dog bones. <laughs> just No, this was... <laughs> but it is the old drowning pond, and there's so many sacks this at the was bottom. A it was a man-made pond. Okay. Where um, you, would s you could swim during the summer... And, then the and again, I mean, you can I, mean I actually I'm got sorry. like a, okay, a nail fungus from it, you know, yeah. a fingernail fungus because of the water in in Holland Rink. And then in the winter, it would freeze over, and you could do ice skating. Um, now there were other ponds that you wouldn't swim in; only ice skating. That's it. Or you'd sure. you'd try to catch a carp, yeah. you know, or something yeah. like that. In in North Park. Burko Street. Anyway, Holland Rink, the other thing about it was, it, because it was a man-made city pond, um, 
It was for all neighborhoods. Yeah. So, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, you could not... It, it was it was so scummy. Yeah. You seriously couldn't like see dent after you got like a foot in. The water was so brown and you stuff. You couldn't see. You you wouldn't be able to see through, <laughs> which led to a problem. There was all right. I'm swimming. I'm about ten years old, and back then, gee, by the time I'm six, seven years old, I would walk. I'd walk by myself. You know, and through the neighborhood or yeah. over. We didn't, you weren't chaperoned anywhere or driven unless it was too far. But I'd take the bus by myself and stuff like that. So it had, I had, this time though, I was about 10. Went to Holland Rink, swimming, and there was one kid who lived in the projects, and his, uh, he was my age. And his skin was darker. I would say more, probably more Puerto Rican, I guess, or something, you know, or island. Um, But we hung out. We had a, he was so much fun, and we, you know, we'd play and splash and this and that. (laughs) But because of his color, the lifeguards considered him a troublemaker, even though he... What? Yep, yep. So what happened is we were swimming a little bit over our heads, you know, so that you, you, our feet weren't touching yeah. the bottom. Yeah, that's fine. But you know how you'd, you know how you go down, you hold your breath, you, you, you go down, you bounce off the bottom, and you pop back up. For sure. When it's, so we... Um, that's a tea sip. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so... I take the breath, go down. My feet touch something roundish hard. Oh, no. <sighs> and, of course, I push off and I come back up and I went, something's down there. Yeah, yeah. So something different. My friend... But not like a rock. No, because there was a mushiness to it, too, Yikes. at the same time. <laughs> Yikes. So, you know, I went, you know, we could figure out... you. You couldn't open your eyes under the water. Sure. I mean, it was that dirty. That scum, yeah. Um, But I'll never, I still feel my foot on what turned out to be this young girl's head. Oh, no. So what happened is my friend, he dove down and he felt around and he came back up and he said, there's a kid down there. Oh, Jesus. He, and he yelled to the lifeguards. Somebody's somebody's drowned. They're down here. You troublemaker. You're not going to get me in that water. Uh, they, because of his skin color. Didn't... Come on. They wouldn't believe him. And, and they said, show me. Okay. So, now, this, we're talking a 10-year-old kid, too. Yeah. He dives down and pulls and I mean, he's he, he this dead, literally dead, dead weight. Yeah, he's struggling, and you know, I grabbed and helped him oh, to Jesus. lift to lift this dead body. dead girl's body enough so that the lifeguards would believe, believe us. Yeah, that's so. We stayed. They said stay there to mark the spot. 
we we had to let her go. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, not holding up. So the lifeguards come in and you know they pull the girl out. They pull her out to the shore. We of course everybody gets out of the of Holland Rink. You know all the swimmers. Yeah, there's a dead body. And and my friend and I get out and I can't. I hear it to this day. The little girl was probably about five. Oh. And, well, what do I know? Ten, looking back, maybe she was six. Just slender. But slender younger girl. than you at ten, and that's and no one under... She was there with her mother and grandmother. When they saw the body pulled out, they scream and wail of of pure devastation yeah. that came out of that. Again, I hear it. You don't it's it's a sound you can't replicate. No. I, even in a great actress. You, like in the in the in the in the movie Till, when she sees her, you know, their dead son's body the actress was a fabulous actress, did the whale. But because I've heard it in real, real life, one, this, you can, the horror. Yeah. So they pulled, you know, the emergency services come. They did, oh, people are so mean. They didn't even thank my friend. What? For a little, I mean, they just ignored him. And I remember we were holding, him holding hands and looking at the at the girl, and her skin was gray. I mean, like how long was she down? I you? don't know. That's what I mean. It wasn't like blue. It was gray. Bloated, and if it was starting to get mushy. Um. Now it wasn't it, the mushiness wasn't. I, it was the feel of skin. Okay. In other words, if skin, I skin if and I then bone. if yeah. I stepped on your thigh right now, it would, it would feel be mushy mush, and then hard, yeah. mush and hard. You know. So no, it, it wasn't. No, I mean, it wasn't that long. You know. <laughs> Best the, description you of the human. You would think that the mother and grandmother would notice. You know. <laughs> I left her here yesterday. Well, What's happened? You know? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's the best description of a human body. The feel of the human body, I think, is mush and then hard. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> so they're, you know, they're they're okay. trying. They're doing Jesus. the CPR, and you know, the medics come and everything. But she was dead. Yeah. And then you know, to to get the the final not diagnosis, the final um, prognosis. Prognosis. Um, to say when when the medic said. I mean, they were going. It's like the rush stopped. Yeah, yeah. And, the and she was pronounced. So, and they never think any little bit of acknowledgement of yeah. that, or I mean, apology would be asking yeah. too much. Yeah. But like, oh shit, we were wrong. Yeah. Look at yeah. look at the dead body yeah. that this kid said yeah. was here. So I walked home alone. And, um, you know, we, we parted. I don't think I've ever, I ever saw him again. Maybe he went, I'll never go back to that fucking place again. I you mean, know. would uh, you? <laughs> I, I, I mean, don't know. Anyway, so so I, I went home and I told my mom mm. what happened. 
And I was just saying it. I think I was in shock. For sure. Because I just told her the whole story. And she was very kind. I remember she was very kind and very quiet. And, um, you know, do you want to do you want to rest? Do you what What do you want to do? Well, I'll eat something, and then I think I'll you know I'll, I don't know. I it it hadn't sunk in. Yeah. That night though. Yeah. I remember waking up and vomiting and screaming and vomiting and screaming. And again, my mom was so gentle. She understood. Yeah. You know. Okay, wow. so that there's the drowning of the pups and the drowning. Let's see. That's rough. Um, so this P.T. and George again. <laughs> oh, my uncle George. He he did have like farmland in the back. Nice. A plot that seemed enormous to me, but probably like half an acre. Or an yeah, acre. yeah, yeah. But it's where I'd learn to. You, every summer, you know, we'd help him. We'd shovel the manure and plant the peas and the corn and all this other stuff. And he actually let us, we picked a, he let, we could pick a fruit tree to plant. And I remember picking a peach tree. Oh. Now, I don't know whether, for Worcester, northern climate. It might be too. I remember I it growing, though. I mean, but might not be peach, perfect. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know enough about trees. But he, um, he was, my Uncle George was great. He, he was a storyteller. And he was very smart. He worked for the post office his whole life. He was a singer in the choir, I mean, in the church. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a great baritone voice. He had been in World War II. He had been a soldier in, all of the, in Italy, I believe. Um, but he was, we loved spending the night there because, they, well, they didn't have children, you know, the coat hanger abortion. Yeah, yeah. Or, on PT Sterile. But they always had games, and, of course, Tippy was there. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's where Which I learned tippy? to play checkers and everything else. And Uncle George would tell stories, and it would be like a story of if you go out. There was a field across the house from them, and if you would go out on a moonlit night, and if you were very quiet... Shh. You could see the leprechauns playing, and what they would do is they would use a pea, a little pea, a pea from the garden, from the as garden. the golf ball, <gasps> and they would take a long stalk of grass. Now he was, oh, he was Lithuanian. He wasn't Irish, <laughs> <laughs> but he loved leprechauns and he loved Irish stories. <laughs> so he just <laughs> he would just put on this Irish accent and talk the leprechauns, and you know the the stalk of grass, and you could watch them play a whole game of golf, and. Whoever, whichever leprechaun won the game of golf would win the pot of gold, you know. Oh. And so we would sneak, sneak out in our nightgowns, <laughs> sneak out. And, you know, it's like, where are the leprechauns? And Uncle George would say, we were too loud. Oh, they went, no. you know, so we never got to see the leprechauns. I never got to but see But we believed they were there. They're tricky, those leprechauns. Yeah. <laughs> Great people. She was the she was the one who drank a lot, <laughs> um, and she would try to cut. We were like her dolls because she didn't have children. Maureen and I, sure. And 
So I, I think I told her she'd let us put on nail polish and lipstick, but she'd also, especially after a couple of highballs, <laughs> she loved to cut our our bangs. Okay. But because she was always woozy, <laughs> you know, it's like she'd start at the you know, like eyebrow length, and then it would whoopsie go up, and then she'd go, "Oh, we gotta even that." So she'd start on the other side, whoopsie. Sometimes my mother told me. Sometimes she was horrified because she'd come to pick us up and our bangs would be a half inch long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, They'd go no, further and further and further she kept up. On, she'd keep cutting further and further up. So this little teeny wisp would be our bangs. Anyway, loved PT. You've never given me one that bad, but I growing up, I, I, I did get a few <laughs> uh, haircuts myself. Time for a haircut. <laughs> you got to trim it. Um, well, anyway. I think we're an hour. Yeah, we're a little short of an God, hour. This is I perfect. See, I always roam. I was going to talk about all my aunts and uncles, and then it gets... It, I just... We plumbed I the, digress. The new... Yeah, but this is... It's I like think popcorn brain. More, almost more personal than than just. I mean, that's those are some intense stories. That made me cry. Yeah, you that, made me cry, Gabriel. I did it. It's me. I'm the guy. No, it just it bubbles up. You uh, never know what's beneath the surface. Honest to God. No. We're... You think that you know you're adults. I'm seventy-one. You think emotions are in their place. And then boom. Thoughts connect and a traumatic thing like that. And and again, that it's more about the coldness and about the ability to do those things. Yeah. I'll have to ask Maureen. Okay, we should sign yeah. up. I'll ask yeah. Maureen about drowning the rats. No, for sure. Um, but we should have her over one day. Oh, for, that'd be great. Yeah, genuinely. I, I've, I've thought about that too, of like we could have any number of family members to... Not yes. some of them, but <laughs> well, get... a good, she's a good storyteller. But okay. I was thinking if Tim Tierney ever wanted to be on, um, oh yeah, 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 on, yeah, on yeah. like Zoom or whatever, we that's could. That's true. We could have him on the computer. That's true. He'd probably love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that would be great. Because then it's all in the cloud. It's all in the cloud. Well, thanks. Thank you, and thank you everyone love for you. listening. Love you, mom. Cheers. Cheers. Click. Mm. Ah. Goodbye.